So what is an exceptional life? It is a way of being that isn't limited or measured by society's dictates, scoring system, or rules. In fact, it is the exception to the rules. An extraordinary life is too small for you because there's nothing ordinary about you. The odds of you being born at all are so astronomically unlikely that you qualify as a miracle. Why waste that on squeezing into a mold that at its core is meant to keep you and everyone else predictable, productive, and controllable? An extraordinary life is someone else's idea of what your life should be. An exceptional life is the truest expression of you. It is your life lived as a kind of performance art. So how do we live an exceptional life? This is episode 115 of Multi-Passionate Like a Boss, and I'm your host, Jenny O'Connor. I'm a writer, entrepreneur, and certified shiny object lover, and I'm obsessed with finding the easy way to live the dream. Hear this, my squirrel-brained friends. The most freeing moment of your life will be the moment you discover conventional wisdom isn't meant for you. It's meant for linear thinkers and specialists who are motivated by a different definition of success. We shiny object lovers, on the other hand, know that doing what we love is not a privilege. It's an obligation. That's why in this multi-passionate corner of the internet, we're designing lives and businesses on our terms disrupting how it's always been done and flipping the bird to all of the awful sounding things we should do. So if you're a rebel, a curious misfit, or a creator that shrinks from doing the inauthentic, hit that subscribe button and let's write our own rules for this brave new world. If growing an audience on social media feels like a slog and you're convinced there has to be a better way, there is. It's email. The average ROI for email marketing is $42 for every dollar you spend. Plus, email reaches approximately 79% of the people you send it to. Instagram, 13.5. Ugh. But a lot of folks aren't using this highly effective strategy because they think writing emails is too time-consuming or that they're no good at storytelling. If you've ever thought that yourself, my free guide, Write Better Emails the Easy Way, will change the game and help you craft memorable, money-making newsletters in just minutes a week. Get it now at jennyoconnor.com forward slash email. So the rule that we're rejecting today is that having what you want, a life you want, your dream job, being a digital nomad, whatever that is for you, is a luxury that can wait until you've taken care of the serious business of your life. There are a lot of reasons that we believe this lie. Like I discussed in episode 110, Stop Shooting on Yourself, capitalism and the American dream have perpetuated the idea that hard work equals upward mobility. If you want more, just bust your ass harder. That's the zeitgeist that our parents grew up with. So that's what they taught to us, unconsciously or consciously. Also, we think that what we're good at is easy, and only things that are hard are valuable. So in order to be good contributing members of society, we should do lots of hard stuff so that one day we can retire. Or once we have all that passive income set up, then we can relax and step away from the business and take our first vacation in years. But the underlying message is the same. Hard stuff now, fun stuff later. I'm here to say fuck that. Let's change it to fun stuff now because we could get hit by a bus tomorrow. 
But even if you can embrace this unconventional approach to living that invariably will make some people look at you like you're crazy and others look at you with pity at your naivete, it's way harder than it sounds to know what we truly want out of life. It doesn't really sound like it would be, but personal experience has taught me that most people really have no idea what they want. Certainly not if they are asked to drill down and define it beyond concepts like, well, I want to be happy. As a multi-passionate, I'm betting you have a solid sense of what you don't want. For me, that looks like a calendar full of meetings or having to be somewhere by a certain time or being talked down to by a superior, especially one who's younger than me, or having someone look over my shoulder and micromanage whatever it is that they've asked me to do. We're often pretty clear about what feels gross to us, but most of us think that what we do want is what we've been told to want. And that's what makes us hard. Separating our true desires from the desires we've had since childhood and never questioned is hard. Those desires, those are the things that we collectively as a society agree prove that we're winning at the game of life. So those are things like a successful career, a high income, popularity and influence, nice things. And don't forget, we're also told that ordinary isn't enough. So we go forth seeking extraordinary. But extraordinary often looks like all of the above, just supersized. More, more, more. Bigger, better, faster, stronger. So I wrote this episode to wake us all up, to invite those of you listening to seek an exceptional life rather than an extraordinary one. So what is an exceptional life? It is a way of being that isn't limited or measured by society's dictates, scoring system, or rules. In fact, it is the exception to the rules. An extraordinary life is too small for you because there's nothing ordinary about you. The odds of you being born at all are so astronomically unlikely that you qualify as a miracle. Why waste that on squeezing into a mold that at its core is meant to keep you and everyone else predictable, productive, and controllable. An extraordinary life is someone else's idea of what your life should be. An exceptional life is the truest expression of you. It is your life lived as a kind of performance art. So how do we live an exceptional life? It begins with finding out who and what you are. I love personality tests for this, and I wrote a really detailed blog post about all of my favorites, which I will link to in the show notes. And I'm going to double down here on human design and say that it is the most detailed and, in my opinion, the most useful of all of the methods I list in that article for getting super, super specific and granular about what makes you tick. It will blow your mind. It is also the most, the deepest rabbit hole, so you can sort Pick which one you do according to how much time you have. Let's put it that way. Now stay with me because I'm going to offer up a bunch of exercises for how to find out who you are as well as how to do the following steps, but I just want to give you the broad strokes of the exceptional life approach first. So step one is self-discovery. Who am I? The next step to living an exceptional life is to find out why you want what you want. And the last is to trust yourself absolutely and point out, be, be vigilant about anything that gets in the way of that. Follow your soul because it knows the way. Okay, so let's circle back to thing one. Who are you? 
You can start with a personality test or two. I also recommend that you check out episode 98, how to be chilled out, focused up and decisive AF, which is all about core values. The exercises in that episode will not only help you determine who you are, but they bridge the gap between that and why you want what you want. Now onto the why this is so important. You might have a great sense of who, but stop just shy of figuring out the why and the why is critical to designing your dream life. So the best exercise I've found for determining your why is to answer the question, what do I long for? Or alternatively, what would excite me the most of all the things that I could do in this world? What would excite me the most? So to do this exercise, you are going to envision a scenario without limitations. Money is no object. Time is no object. Realism doesn't matter. Want to go to the moon? Cool. Want to study paranormal activity? Doesn't matter if some people believe that that stuff isn't real. Want to be Indiana Jones? Totes fine. The destination that you are trying to get to is a utopian world where you can have anything and everything that you want. The emphasis here is on what you want. That is not what your parents want for you, not what you realistically think you can have, not what you think you should want, not what's expected of you because you have a family to take care of, not what's responsible. What you, at your most selfish, your most deluded, your most grandiose, want. So here is where you envision your wildest dreams. What would it take to create a life you love so much you wake up every morning excited for the day ahead and delighted by what it is that you get to do all day long? So just let your mind go, let it run rampant and journal without any negative self-talk, without any judgment. When you do this, you will find your touchstones. Touchstones are the emotional core of your goal. They're what you want and need from a goal like having all the money you want or having your dream house or buying a yacht, whatever that thing is for you. A touchstone is what you love best about that dream. So some examples are, I really want creative fulfillment. Some people really want fame. Others want the chance to help people and make a difference or leave behind a truly remarkable legacy. Maybe you just want to be in nature. I just want to be out with my toes in the grass, surrounded by trees. Maybe it's love. The point is to go beyond a goal like I want enough money to retire today and get to the emotional core of that ambition. Do you want all that money so that you can feel security so that you don't have to do boring work anymore and can spend all of your time engaged in stuff you love? Is it so you never have to worry about paying bills? Is it because you want to spend all of your time traveling because you just want to live like a king because you want your kids to want for nothing? Those are all different touchstones that I just mentioned. And knowing yours will help you design the shortest, most direct route to your goal because it will tell you what emotional state you're seeking, which allows you to create that same emotional state now in a different way. So you don't have to wait until you have all the money in the world to get some of that juicy dopamine. If you want security, for example, that could look like setting up a rainy day fund. So you could use an app like Chime, which comes with a credit card that rounds up every purchase you make and transfers the difference from your checking to your savings account. It also has the option of automatically transferring a percentage of your paycheck to your savings account every time you deposit a paycheck. On the other hand, 
If you want money so you can travel more, drill down a little deeper with that. Do you just really love having adventures? If so, where can you go locally that might provide that for you? Are there hiking trails or botanical gardens or campgrounds nearby that you haven't explored? If you just dig immersing yourself in other cultures, are there local festivals or cultural centers that host events that you can attend? Is there a new restaurant with that type of cuisine that you might want to try? How about a museum expedition in the nearest big city where you can just learn about different cultures? How can you give yourself a taste of what travel offers to you without having to book and pay for a cruise around the world? If it's just living like a king or a queen, how can you bring luxury into your life today? Can you buy your favorite champagne and take a spa quality bubble bath? We're talking rose petals and bath bombs and essential oils and then watch Hamilton on Disney+. Plus. You guys remember Hamilton was pretty spendy. So that right there feels like a luxury night out. Personally, I like to just wrap myself like a burrito in the softest, squishiest, plushes blanket that I literally bought at Costco and plop myself in front of a fireplace with a good book. That to me is the epitome of luxury. Be mindful as you do this exercise though, not to get bogged down by shoulds because so often we don't even recognize that that isn't our voice. So I'll use as the example, wanting enough money so that your kids can have everything. That's an admirable goal, but do you want that because you never had enough as a kid and you decided that was bad or shameful and you became determined to be a better parent to your own children? Because that is starting to sound a little bit like an obligation that you may have created for yourself. Consider whether it might be better to show your kids what it's like to live from a place of joy or even how to be resourceful and make the best of a situation, even if there's not enough money to give them every single thing they could ever possibly want. Those lessons still represent excellent parenting, which is also known as doing your best. If your ultimate goal is to shower them with love, how can you do that without buying them the latest PlayStation? So this is your friendly reminder that as you do this, to try really hard not to shit on yourself out of a sense of familial or parental or even just friendly duty. So as you can see, sometimes you have to peel back several layers of the onion before you get to the touchstone. But knowing your touchstones is critical to designing a life that gives you those things in some small measure every single day. So a super fun exercise that I think can help you find your touchstones is to ask yourself, if you had five other lives to lead, what would you do in each of them? Again, don't overthink this or worry about what's realistic. You can totally choose being an astronaut. Just write down the first five things that come to mind. Then go back to your list and pick one of those things from one of those lives that you can do this week. Have you always wanted to be a famous opera singer? Go find a karaoke bar and sing your heart out. Want to be a cowgirl? Book a horseback riding lesson or find a horse rescue that you can volunteer at a couple times a month. What if you secretly long to be a dragon slayer in the medieval times, asking for a friend? You could go to the Renaissance Fair or sign up for a fencing lesson or just dress in medieval attire for Halloween. Let yourself play because after all, play is the origin of joy. And joyful lives are what we are trying to build here. So the steps, once again, for designing your dream life are to explore who you are first and foremost. That's really an ongoing process. So don't think if you've done it once, you won't benefit from doing it again. 
Then you want to find out why you want what you want by discovering your touchstones. And finally, now that you know yourself and your core values and your why intimately, trust your gut. That's your soul talking. It knows what you should do next. And that is design a life that gives you tastes of your touchstones every single day. Boss fam, if you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful, would you please share it with other multi-passionates? Also, if you thought this topic was interesting, you'll love Crystal Marguerite on lifestyle freedom and real talk on wealth creation, episode 91. We talk all about how to create your own lifestyle freedom and what happens when you don't listen to your instincts about what you're meant to do. And don't forget to grab your free copy of Lifestyle Design for Multi-Passionate. This is the guidebook I wish I'd had from the beginning. Answer a few questions about your deepest struggles and get focusing hacks, time management tools, job suggestions, and confidence-enhancing tools specific to who you are. Plus, learn to steal back 24 hours a month. NBD, it's just a whole extra day to do more sparkly things. Go and grab your copy today at jennyoconnor.com forward slash good life. And until next time, remember, life either happens by design or default. You choose. Now get on out there and do the thing.